That's what I think. But now we'll get into the first of the two summits. And I think I've come up with a, a fancy little title for today's episode. And you'll just have, well, if you're listening to this, you already know what it is. But, uh, uh, ah, fuck it. The Tale of Two Summits. The Tale of Two Summits. And we'll get into the first summit with the Camp David Summit. Uh, last week, Biden hosted a meeting between himself and the prime ministers of Japan, South Korea, Fumio Kishida, and Han Duksu, uh, respectively. There, Biden promised to increase trade between the three countries and said that this was the start of a new era of relations with the three nations, uh, for the three nations. Biden announced that they would cooperate in cracking down on cryptocurrency laundering uh, coming out of North Korea, arms sales from North Korea to Russia, enforce freedom of navigation and peaceful resolutions to conflicts in the South China Sea. And we'll get into what that really means in a minute, because right now it's aimed at North Korea. And all three of them made statements about North Korea, but that that South China Sea thing sort of gives away what this is really about. Um, He also announced increased economic partnership uh, with uh, including a supply chain early warning system where the three countries would work together to produce products and materials that they believe would were in danger of being disrupted in the future, and so to be proactive. So that, I think, is a useful thing to have. I think that's useful, although the better solution, in my view, is to just <laughs> manufacture things in the United States, and then you don't really have to worry about supply chain disruptions if you are the supply chain. I mean, the United States is a big place, if the supply chain is in the United States, but you know, that's just me. Biden doesn't like America first foreign policy. He, he thinks it makes us weaker, not stronger. He thinks me working with, <laughs> let me stop. He thinks that working with our allies makes us stronger. Uh, no, they don't. Building dependencies on foreign nations objectively doesn't make you stronger it makes you more vulnerable yes having alliances with all these countries around the world enables you to do things that you probably couldn't have done if it was just united states uh like for instance fighting a war in iraq or afghanistan or vietnam or funding a proxy war in ukraine and having nato as the means by which you get all your weapons into ukraine because it's most of it's coming through poland you know if we didn't have those alliances, sure, we couldn't do all those things, and you could view that as us being weaker. Sure, that's that'd be a fair criticism of America First policy. But when you look at necessities of the United States, as well as the vulnerabilities that come with having these alliances, which only ever seem to drag us into more conflicts instead of making us safer, which only ever seem to create dependencies instead of independence for the United States, when you look at the economic and the national security side of things, sure, we have we would have fewer capabilities when it came to doing things uh, far away from our shores. But we would objectively be safer, more secure, both in a, a physical sense from the national security side, as well as economically. If we were our own supply chain, if we had energy and resource independence, if we had manufacturing capabilities sufficient to supplant and replace anything else coming out of other countries, we would objectively be more secure. 
as a nation, and dare I say, stronger, much more resilient to outside threats, as opposed to we're going to be dependent on you so long as we like your government, so long as we like who you are, so long as you're our ally. That, and, and that's exactly how we got to where we are now with China and Taiwan. We liked China before and we gave them all our industry. And, and then it's, oh, now they're the enemy. So, okay, well, what now? Okay, see, because countries aren't going to be your friend forever. So you building these dependencies, at some point, relations get better or they get worse. That's just how things go. So when you go building dependencies on foreign nations on the assumption that they're always going to be your friend, and then it goes wrong, like Iran in the 70s, when they overthrew the Shah, or was it the 60s? When Iran overthrew the Shah and they replaced him with the Ayatollah, Iran was our friend before. Then they became the enemy overnight. Remember the Mujahideen, how they were how they were freedom fighters until they weren't, until they were terrorists. It's just time after time after time of countries being our friend and then suddenly flipping. Uh, oftentimes due to our own policy. If you look at Cuba, for example, or Venezuela or Nicaragua, you know, countries go through changes and sometimes those changes make them more or less hostile towards you. Building dependencies is not making America stronger. It is exactly that, building dependencies. Now, sometimes those dependencies can work. Like, again, this supply chain early warning system. I think that that might actually be a useful thing. Ultimately, I think it should be a stepping stone towards reshoring of American industry and, in the process, reshoring of the American supply chain necessities so that we don't really have to worry about disruptions overseas and if it's used that way then so be it but if this is the end the means to an end if it's the means to an end it's okay but if the early warning and dependency on japan and south korea is the ends well no you don't want that you want a robust domestic productive capability and i'll i'll leave that there we have more to talk about but yeah, he wants that for su supply chain security. He Biden also envisions a global infrastructure and development and investment plan. I, I used and in the wrong place. A global infrastructure development and investment plan, uh, which is a, a, a trilateral expert exchange as well, which is aimed at primarily at ending cancer as well as increased scientific partnerships. Uh, so... Uh, and again, th that one right there is sort of not the, the trilateral expert part that those uh, a misplaced note that I thought was attached to the, uh, the person, but the, the global infrastructure and development, uh, the global infrastructure and uh, I keep using an and in the wrong place, the global infrastructure development and investment plan. There we go. That plan, again, remember, because all this is supposedly taking aim at North Korea. Does North Korea do global infrastructure development and investment? No. I wonder who does. I mean, Japan does. But if uh, we're obviously not talking about Japan here. So who else does global infrastructure development and investment? I wonder who. Uh, no, again, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But, you know, reading between the lines goes a long way. 
we, we want the trilateral expert exchange aimed at ending cancer and increased scientific partnership between the three countries, U.S., South Korea, Japan. Uh, then Biden uh, handed the stage over. Well, they were all at the same stage. But he had handed the floor over to Prime Minister Su of Korea, of South Korea, excuse me, who announced that the three countries would work together to enforce the rules-based international order. Hmm, I wonder... Is North Korea a threat to the rules-based international order? Hmm, not really. They don't really go beyond the borders of North Korea. I wonder who else could be a threat to the rules-based international order. Wink, wink. But yeah, uh, threats to the rules-based international order. He announced, and this is Prime Minister Su of South Korea, he announced that they would be holding a global youth summit to, again, deepen ties and deepen connections among young students, and again, in the fields of science. Su also promised to work together on monitoring and deterring North Korea's nuclear weapons and missile tests, and deterring North Korea in general, North Korean aggression. Now, he said a number of other things, which were basically him repeating what Biden had said. Uh, then when Prime Minister Kishida of Japan stepped up to the plate, he gave he started by giving his condolences to those impacted by the wildfires in maui which i thought was a nice touch and he also promised two million dollars in support for the recovery which i th which sparked an interesting thought in my mind which uh we i've talked about a number of other times we've had natural disasters or disasters in general in the united states um every time someone else has a disaster you get ads and ads and see, we're, we're just inundated with give money give money give money and it's always the United States uh, giving aid to other countries. But when the United States is in trouble, who gives aid to us? Uh, nobody. But I guess, I guess now we can add one country to the list. Big old Japan with a gobsmacking two million buckaroos straight to Hawaii, you know, which is more, which is infinitely more than literally everyone else. So I guess Japan's a real friend. Uh, but it, and while, and look, I'm not knocking it. I'm not, I'm not here to deride it. I'm not saying anything bad about them giving us the $2 million. I'm just in perspective here, in perspective, it's wild how that's it. And I'm not saying that we're owed anything from Japan or anyone else. I, uh, I'm, I'm really not. I don't, I don't think that way, but it's just crazy to think how, all the aid we give out to the rest of the world and then when we're in a bit of a rough spot we get one country giving two million we give out aids and aid in the oh my god we give out aids oh, that's crazy i mean i guess with the vaccines uh, and acquired immunodeficiency syndrome vaccines hello uh <laughs> but we give out aid in the billions the tens of billions, and in the case of Ukraine, the hundreds of billions. Even before the Ukraine war, we were consistently doling out 40 to 45 billion in foreign aid a year. 40 to 45 billion in aid a year. And that's, and then you add hundreds of millions on top of that every time there's a disaster somewhere. And then when we're hurting, when we're the one in trouble, what do we get? Two, not billion, two million with an M. It says a lot. It it says a lot, you know.
And again, I'm not saying that we are entitled to anything. I'm grateful that Japan is uh, more helpful than the federal government on this issue. That's it's crazy. Uh, now, now we wait to see how much of that money gets laundered. But it it is definitely something to keep in perspective. How much we give versus how much we get. So do we really need to be doing the things that we're doing over around the world? Do we really need to be giving out tens of billions and hundreds of billions in foreign aid? Is that really in our interests? You already know what my answer is. I'll just I'll just leave that on the table. I'll just leave that on the table. But yeah, he gave his condolences and promised $2 million to support the recovery. This is Prime Minister Kishida of Japan. He then reiterated the agreements to work together in science, R&D, and all things North Korea. A very science-heavy orientation is what this uh, summit seems to be, rather than, I would, I'd say, rather than economic. It's more of a science-based uh, thing rather than economic. It has economic undertones, but it's really science and a little bit of geopolitics hidden in the mix. Again, when you read between the lines, they they keep bringing up North Korea. You bring up North Korea. They want they're going to work together to deter North Korea. Research and development, science, 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 which is good. You know, that part I can go along with. He also said that financial, foreign, uh, uh, that ministers of finance, foreign affairs, defense, and national security, they're all going to be uh, uh, the ministers and advisors for those fields are also going to be meeting uh, once a year now. Uh, these are officials from all three of the nations. They're going to be meeting regularly now, once a year, to sort of tighten this cooperation. Now that I'm not entirely certain about, but I'd, I'd rather. I'd rather the civilian side of cooperation rather than government because I do not need more entanglements, nor do I need the entanglements I have to get deeper and more complicated and more troublesome. But, you know, this is what they're saying. So, and so that that was, a again, he, those are the things that he himself said and then the rest were sort of, again, reiterating what the other two had already said. Uh, Sue and Biden, because they were essentially reading almost the same script when it came to the things they were doing. They're, the list of things they were doing wasn't exactly long, so they, they'll have to take their different pitch and their different approach. But So that's what all three of them said. Now, we can break this down a little bit. Because North Korea, and I've been hinting at this throughout the, the entire segment here, but North Korea has been just propped up as the reason or the threat that necessitates this summit. It's necessary for the democracies to come together to fight the threat that is North Korea. Crypto laundering in the billions of dollars. Hey, don't look. Hey, hey don't. Hey, don't look at that. Uh, that FTX. Hey, don't look at those. Don't look at those politicians in your own country who were involved in laundering money through crypto and through Ukraine hmm, using FTX. Hey, don't look at that Sam Bankman free guy. Don't look at scam bankrupt fraud. He's an innocent boy who's going to jail. <laughs> don't look at him. No, look at North Korea and how much money they're laundering using crypto. Crypto bad. We need government control. That's what we need. So, yeah. North Korea just being propped up all this. And, and you know what? I said this. I, I saw this coming when we started getting the reports of. Uh, North Korean missiles and how all that North Korea hype was coming back up. 
and then that that soldier defected to North Korea. Like I saw this coming from a mile away, and I said, you know what? They're gonna use this as justification to start ramping things up, ramping up tensions and conflict with North Korea again. I, I said it. Did I not say it? Come on now. You guys heard me. <laughs> I said it. North Korea, and here we are. Now North Korea is being propped up as the, this immense danger to our well-being and to our security. The danger to the rules-based international order. But I think, I think they're just being, just being propped up as that threat. Because given the emphasis on supply chains, research and development, and keeping our edge in this field of science, as well as upholding, again, the rules-based international order, not international law, not, not international law, the rules-based international order, which is our hegemony, it seems to me that North Korea is really just a stand-in for, and you might have guessed it by now, with the South China Sea, rules-based international order, supply chains hmm infrastructure development and investment globally hmm i'm sure you you've probably guessed it by now i think that north korea is just being used as a stand-in for china so they don't openly come out and say that we're going to be threatening and countering china that's what this is north korea is being used as a stand-in for china and thus china is the one this trilateral pact is actually meant to counter. Now, although, although there's, just speculate with me for a minute, it does leave me asking. Uh, does yeah, well, but before I get into that, I I actually just skipped over a whole bunch of my notes that I wanted to talk about. Well, but yeah, they're they're standing for China. Now, unless, and now here's here's where we go. Here we speculate for a minute now. Unless North Korea is actually a much stronger nation than we've all been led to believe, uh, which honestly, I'm starting to think, I mean, I, we're told they're backwater. We're told that they, they're, they're largely agrarian society. We're told that they have uh, technology 60 years in the past, but we've been hearing some stuff coming out of North Korea, uh, chief among them being that they have a hypersonic missile, which just, oh my goodness. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it's true, again, what the fuck are we doing? If they have hypersonics, that's crazy. They have hypersonics. We know that they have nuclear weapons, but to have hypersonic missiles in general is just an, a step above the rest. That's just a cut above the rest and gives them a military potency that even we don't have, which is a first for North Korea. And uh, again... They're supplying drones to Russia. They were one of the first countries to start their own Lend-Lease program to Russia. They were giving drones, and they weren't giving outdated Kalashnikovs or T-60s to Russia. They're giving modern drones to Russia. Iran would follow suit, but the North Koreans did it first. So, okay, they have, they have modern drones, and then they're not just for show, because clearly they're handing them to the Russians, and the Russians wouldn't take them if they were just for show. So they're legit. Legit drones, military combat capable, or at the very least good enough for the Russians to use as a basis for making their own. And they may or may not have hypersonic missiles, and they have nuclear weapons. Uh, 
what else do they have? And then on top of that, they remember they you don't just manifest a hypersonic missile that it takes industry to build one of those. It takes industry to build a drone. So what type of industry is North Korea sitting on to where they can make all this stuff? I no, uh, unless North Korea is just this way stronger nation than we've all been led to believe. And I'm I'm, I'm more and more I'm inclined to believe that. Unless North Korea is just way stronger, I think this is about China, but I do believe North Korea is stronger than we've been led to believe. I think it's true. Now, I don't think it's true enough to justify a, a triple entente between the United States, Japan, and South Korea to contain them. I think that's overkill. But what if it's not? No, I, I think it is. I think it is, even though I think North Korea is stronger than we give them credit for. I think it's overkill, but again, it's more likely that North Korea is being used as a stand-in for China, and thus, China's the one that this trilateral pact is actually meant to counter. Now, it does leave me asking, and I finally get to this after um, laying out my thoughts, it does leave me asking, what happened to the Quad? Yeah, you know that other alliance we had that everyone was talking about and, and hyping up as though it was uh, the the big new thing you know when when the hype around the quad and the and AUKUS was all the rage you know the quad don't you remember the quad guys india australia japan the us the quad you know you quad i quad we quad she quad. <laughs> no who don't you remember the quad why are all these economic, military, and scientific cooperation programs being presented to us in a completely different grouping of nations, US, South Korea, Japan, and not simply layered on top of the quad to make it a more comprehensive partnership? And you could just add South Korea to the quad and make it uh, the pent, the penthouse. The Pentagon. There you go. You could have did that. And then layered all this scientific and economic cooperation and limited national security cooperation on top of that. And made the alliance something uh, a bit more in depth, a bit more depth, give a little bit more depth to the quad. Instead of making a whole new thing. Why wouldn't you do that? That's what I'm asking myself. And then on top of that, why again why is south korea not just added to the quad why are why do you have a separate alliance and why would you not add everything you're doing here to the quad it just doesn't make sense uh, but i guess we have to be doing something we have to be doing something keeping up with the kardashians or in this case keeping up with the bricks uh we're building new alliances here new alliances there uh, uh, we're forgetting alliances everywhere so that we can feel like we're doing something, even though nothing comprehensive is coming out of this because we're spreading ourselves so thin. But uh, those are questions that I would have. Why is South Korea not just added to the quad? Why don't you just do all these things you're doing with Japan and South Korea with the quad? Is Australia not worthy of being in with Japan and South Korea? Is South Korea just not worthy of being in the quad? Uh... I don't know. 
but it, it just doesn't make sense to make a, br a, a brand new alliance when you could have just done all this with the same alliance you had. Just a thought, just a thought. Um, but yeah, this summit to me also seems to be meant as a counter on, on top of being a, a veiled threat to China. It seems more to be a counter to the big BRICS summit. And we'll talk about that summit in a minute and not a counter in a, a material or a tangible way but more in the sense of providing us with a counter narrative instead of just letting the BRICS have a good day instead of letting russia and china have one good day we're gonna we're gonna spoil the party by having our own party and we're gonna invite our real friends and we we get two countries to come along and they have 40. but but you know that's you see the news coverage is how we compensate for that because we're gonna have all the news cover the 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 three nation summit in camp david and they're gonna ignore the BRICS summit and you have to rely on foreign news if you want to learn anything about the BRICS summit you know that's the power of the propaganda press baby but i suppose that's why you all come to me <laughs> but yeah that's it's not that this camp david thing was a bad summit again the supply chain thing might actually be useful if it is a means to an end and that end is self-sufficiency but it's largely just a veiled threat to china and again the, the science and research and development at the civilian level is also something i can get behind it's just why add new entanglements and new layers of entanglements uh, even if you disagree with america first and america going home why go out of your way to make a new alliance when you could have just built on the alliance you already had add south korea to the quad so that there's your counter narrative okay see hey you you're adding these countries to the BRICS. well we're adding south korea to the quad you know and we're really countering china and north korea at the same time you know but i i guess i guess they're doing this but but yeah it, it's not like there was a bad summit it's just that it was quite lackluster quite like lackluster uh again we'll see if anything truly tangible does come out of this uh and regards to that two million dollars that japan has promised we'll see if that gets laundered or if it does make its way to, to hawaii but uh yeah this is it was a pretty decent summit i'll, I'll give him that it was a pretty decent summit biden had issues in the beginning but you know he, he kept it together and he didn't have to talk much <laughs> but that's some that's one summit but this is the tale of two summits so now we'll get into the next one this segment was taken from my podcast this week in geopolitics i have new episodes every monday so if you like what you heard consider giving me a follow thanks for listening and hopefully i'll see you next time servus